listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. Hello, hello, and welcome to this introductory episode of the Holding Space Podcast. I personally always appreciate when there is at least one episode that gives me some context so I can understand who the host is of the podcast and what I can expect in future episodes. So that's what I hope to do today, share a little bit about myself and not just here are my credentials, but also how the work that I'm actually doing is going to most likely inevitably influence what you'll find in the podcast and in future episodes. So let's start there. I'm Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have my master's and my PhD in marriage and family therapy. I have a private practice in San Diego, California, where I work with individuals and couples and families from all walks of life and all seasons of life. I'm also an educator, so I'm an adjunct professor at a local university. The courses that I teach range from theories, family theories courses, to graduate students who are training to become therapists. I also teach a course, and it's probably my favorite, if I was to pick a favorite. I also, once in a while, get to teach human diversity in family therapy to the graduate students. I love that course because we get to tackle tough conversations around gender and race and power and privilege and oppression, sexuality, spirituality, social class, disability, able-bodiedness, and how we as therapists can hold space for diversity of experiences, but also how we navigate difficult conversations that would be related to diverse experiences and how we pay attention to and attune to social context with our clients. So in this podcast, you can definitely expect episodes where we will walk into the space of talking about things like gender and race, sexuality, spirituality. An example, I recently recorded an interview with a colleague who happens to have a daughter who is transgender, and we talked about how her and her partner have navigated acceptance and love in their daughter's gender creativity and now in her transgender identity. I also teach an undergraduate course, and one of the things that I really value about that course where I'm introducing undergrads to the field of marriage and family therapy is being given the opportunity to talk to young adults who are deciding what they want to do with their lives. So how this connects back to the podcast is that you can expect an episode or two or three or four where I talk about how we make plans for the future and goals and how we define values and how values can inform our goals for the future. How do we begin to take steps towards those bigger goals that are connected and in alignment with our values. I've also taught courses in other disciplines, in other fields. So in the nursing department at the university in which I teach, I taught a course introducing medical family therapy. So I bet you can expect in future episodes that I'll also be exploring things such as the ways in which 
illness and family intersect and how does how do families impacted by illness navigate other systems and other structures such as the medical world right and the relationships with their providers I also am currently teaching a course in the counseling department where I get to teach graduate students who are training to become school counselors. One of the cool things I've had the opportunity to do here in San Diego is be invited into middle schools and high schools to come and talk to the students and the parents about things like stress resilience and the pressures of being a preteen or teenager the relationship between a parent and their preteen or teenager. So one of the episodes that I have planned is in sharing some of the work around stress resilience and how parents can support their preteens and teens in navigating the pressures of their lives and how we can also build connection and attachment and security and trust with their kids when they're in this really important, critical, and sometimes difficult season of their life. So one of the reasons I went on to get my PhD after my master's was because I was interested in education and being an educator, but also because I was interested in research. I was always really interested in how research can help us but better understand things like couple relationships, family relationships, parent-child relationships, how research could capture and help us better understand things like vulnerability and shame. And so as I was navigating the PhD program and knowing that I was going to be engaged in research, I began to reflect on my own life and things that I was interested in or that I wanted to know more about. Because to be honest, that's what often researchers do. If you're researching something that doesn't feel in some way personally deeply important to you you are going to not do it because it takes it takes a lot of energy I think it's just it's like with anything if you don't really believe in something and love it it's going to beat you so in order for research to not beat me because there were many hours in a research lab running statistical tests that would have otherwise driven me crazy I wanted to find something that really felt personally important and that I felt personally invested in so when I started the program my daughter was about to turn one so I was still very much in that postpartum season of my life and when I became a mother I discovered that in the most like brutal and beautiful way how becoming a parent giving birth to a child has a way of stripping you of everything that you thought that you knew was true and leaving you in a really vulnerable place where you're picking up all these pieces and trying to navigate something that you may feel completely unprepared for, which I honestly felt, even though I thought I was prepared. And I was really interested in what research was out there about this season of life, the season of life that I happened to be currently in. So I started looking at research, and while I found a lot of a lot of information out there about babies and babies' health, and thankfully about moms and moms' mental health, I saw a huge void in the research looking at paternal mental health. So I spent the four years that I was in the program 
really invested in looking at paternal mental health because I really felt that at least for heterosexual couples, if we're talking about peripartum family wellness, but we're only talking about baby and mom, then we're missing a huge piece here. And even in our own experience, both my husband and I found that while a lot of people were checking in with me, people were turning to him and saying, hey, you better be stepping in, stepping up. But there was no real support there for him or a checking in of like, hey, how are you, how are you doing? So in my private practice, I see a lot of peripartum families, families that are navigating fertility and pregnancy and intimacy during pregnancy, for example, the birth of their child, postpartum, mental health, right? How do we navigate having a relationship and a marriage when we just had a baby and we're not getting sleep and we don't have any energy for each other and sex drive has completely changed and identities have changed mom's experience around shame if she wasn't able to breastfeed or how do we navigate in-laws because now that there's a baby and grandchild in the picture all of a sudden those things that were always sort of there now feel much bigger and if there were issues there those issues feel bigger so I work with a lot of families that are in that season of life I'm actually recording this at my office right now, and I share my office with the San Diego Breastfeeding Center, and there's some really great lactation consultants that I share this space with, and I don't know if you can hear it or if the mic's picking it up, but there's there's literally a baby crying in the background right now. So it's very family-friendly in the sense that like you can show up here in this space with, with your screaming, crying baby with your unwashed hair because you just have not had the time to do that with the the spit up or the baby newborn poop on your shirt. If you are touched out and you walk into the session with me and you have your baby because you need to bring your baby to session, I will take the baby if you want me to and I will bounce on a yoga ball with her the whole time so you can get a break. Where I'm all about the multitasking, you know, I'm dual service here. Um, I'm actually really bad at multitasking. If my husband's listening, he would call me out on that like real quick. But I'm saying all this to say that you will 100% in this podcast get receive episodes related to motherhood, fatherhood, postpartum life, pregnancy. I have an episode coming up where I'm interviewing a friend, a good friend, who navigated fertility as well as adoption. I have a series in the podcast called Brutiful Motherhood, where we will explore both the brutality and brutal moments of motherhood as well as the beautiful moments and the beauty of motherhood. We also won't forget about dads, so I will for sure have an episode in here where I talk about my research in looking at peripartum paternal mental health. The baby who's screaming is still screaming. I don't know if you can hear this. I'm going to have to listen back, but you know what? I'm going to keep it in because it's beautiful. It's real. It's also really brutal, right? But 
it's it's real so <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of those conversations in here my hope is to have a mix of episodes where both it's just me sharing information as well as sitting down with friends and experts and others who are willing to share this space with me and be vulnerable and discuss either what they know or what they've experienced. So there's also the question of, do you need another podcast in your life? (laughs) I think it's a very fair question. To be honest, I think that if somebody asked me, I would probably say, no, I don't think so. There's so much information out there. But here's the reason that I still am choosing to step into this space. While a lot of therapists are starting to step into the space of utilizing larger community-based platforms like social media and podcasting to market their practice or to share information, there's still there's still this like hesitancy I feel in the culture of being a licensed mental health provider in stepping into that space. Honestly, there's a lot of uncertainty of how we as licensed providers can do that with the boundaries that are inherent in our license. But I believe that we can and we should be stepping into the larger conversation. There's a huge self-help boom that I'm sure many of you have seen or felt. And I really believe that there's so much value to, to folks stepping in and sharing information, whether it's a personal story and a personal experience and what worked for them, or whether it's research-based. I do, though, sometimes struggle with like accountability and transparency. There's so much information being shared out there and... I do believe that when you're a licensed provider, our license offers accountability and forces transparency. And I think that these are qualities that the wellness world needs more of. There is so much beauty to be found in the nuance of personal stories that can be shared. And we will do a lot of that in this podcast, the unpacking of and the holding space for personal experiences and stories. But I think that can be balanced with also having information be shared where there is there is research that backs it up, right? And that we're being transparent about where transparent about where information is coming from. If you're a clinician and you're listening, I think that we absolutely can step into the space of the larger wellness conversation and still uphold boundaries and be really intentional about being responsible about boundaries. So for example, I would never break my client's confidentiality on a podcast episode. That's just a no-brainer and never going to happen because I'm going to, I respect those boundaries that have been placed on me based on having this license. I will though be inviting folks on the podcast who are not clients to share their own experiences of being in therapy. I really have the intention and hope of demystifying therapy and mental health support. For example, I recently interviewed a good friend and colleague who is EMDR certified. EMDR is a trauma 
trauma support therapy. And she shared information regarding what EMDR looks like, what it really feel like in session. And then after that, we ended up doing another podcast where we processed my own experience in doing EMDR. So we're talking about the therapeutic process and then unpacking personal experiences. In that case, it's my own personal experience. So that just gives you a little idea of what you can expect in terms of my hope and intention of demystifying the therapeutic process and getting mental health support. So now I've shared with you a little bit about the work that I do, the research that I do, the teaching that I do. I share that I'm a mother and a wife. I have two children, by the way, uh, my daughter who is six and my son who is three. There is another part of my identity that I think is important to share and will be reflected, I'm sure, in this podcast. While I was getting my PhD and I had a young child. I I did I got pregnant with my son while I was in the program. So I was just in it when it comes to research and school and motherhood. I needed I like needed an outlet. And that's when creativity showed up and said, Hey, let me be your outlet. <laughs> so I I really, really value creativity. I have engaged in different creative endeavors. For a period of time, I was doing blogging and styling and writing. Right now, I would say my creative, uh, my create, my creative mediums of choice would be videography and photography and writing. So we'll for sure be having conversations on this podcast about the creative process. I have some really exciting interviews coming up with creatives that are friends, but who are people who I also just really admire, people who have started their own businesses, multiple businesses, and we'll be talking about things like How do you define your craft when you don't feel like the things that you're good at are easily placed in some creative category? Or also, how do you you engage in creativity when you're also experiencing pain? Do you have to be in a place of joy to experience creativity? There are also people who feel like they need pain and vulnerability to have their creative juices flowing. So some really interesting conversations about the creative process. I'll have an episode about working through creative blocks and how creativity and mental health intersect. So that's a little bit about me and also what you can expect in the episodes that follow this one. A podcast seemed like the best platform from which I could talk about these things that I feel are really important. I love writing and I'll always love writing and I'm sure I'll continue to write, but there is something so special to me about being able to use your voice in podcasting, engage in conversation and dialogue. There's some freedom and flexibility that it seems to provide for me at least. So if you want to read more about my work, you can find me at www.drcassidymft.com. I'm on social media, Instagram, as at Dr. Cassidy. 
That's D-R-C-A-S-S-I-D-Y. Thank you so much for listening today. I know that time is precious. Becoming a parent has made me so protective of how I spend my time. So even if you're listening to this in your car, I know that you made a choice to listen to this podcast over listening to something else or just having a moment of silence. I know that saying yes to something is also inevitably saying no to something else. So I do not take it lightly that you said yes to listening today. I really, truly hope that you find some value in the episodes that follow this one. And I'm excited to start this journey and to share this space with you. Thank you. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.